think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Well, today on Kidney Talk, we're going to talk about uh, being a vegetarian and trying to stick to the renal diet. And we have a, a very special guest, uh, Shia Patel, who's a renal dietitian, and she works at Davida out of Walnut Creek. Well, welcome to the show, Shia. Thank you, Lori. Thank you for inviting me to the show. Well, we're really excited today because, you know what, I'm eating more and more vegetarian choices food. I'm, you know, I don't have as much meat in my diet. And I don't know if it's because of all the things we're seeing on television nowadays. There's Food Incorporated, which I can't watch. And a lot of my friends are vegetarians. And so, you know, I love fresh vegetables, but when you're on dialysis and you need to watch your potassium and phosphorus, it can be difficult. So um, today I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, what do you see um, with dialysis in the vegetarian diet? Well, you know, majority of the dialysis patients who are vegetarian have been vegetarian for many years. Um, They're vegetarian because of their cultural background or their religious beliefs, or they have become vegetarian because of their beliefs in animal protection um, and things like that. So when I see a patient who is a vegetarian, they're already vegetarian. So they know a lot of things that they can do with their diet, what combinations they can use, Um, The recipes uh, that they are using, they already know them. So it's not like they're starting from the beginning. But at the same time, if you think about like for the potassium restriction or the phosphorus restriction, that is true for a non-vegetarian as well. So they are watching their potassium intake and it's the same thing for the vegetarian patients. They need to avoid certain high potassium foods. They need to avoid certain high phosphorus foods. But we can talk more about how they can balance that out. One of the things that I tell them in the beginning is that phosphorus that you get from the meats, you're basically getting that from the vegetarian sources. So it balances out. If you remember, proteins are high in phosphorus. Right. So you're not getting that phosphorus, but you're getting the phosphorus from the vegetarian sources which is beans, then again, you don't absorb all that phosphorus from the beans because there is phytic acid in it. Okay. So, so the absorption is less. So with beans, it's it's less than meat? The absorption is much less. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Because meat doesn't have fiber and beans have fiber and also phytic acid. So if you're absorbing 70-80% of the protein from meats, you're absorbing about 50% from the beans. And that's something that we need to study further. But at the same time, when I see my vegetarian patients, I don't see them absorbing as much phosphorus. So the restriction around the beans, we need to lighten it up a little bit. Oh, because it's a little bit different, huh? The absorption is a little bit different. So the availability of the phosphorus from the beans is a little bit different than what you get from the meats. And the worst one is preservatives and the additives. Right there, you have 90% of absorption because it's pure form of phosphorus. So preservatives, so if they're preserving 
I'm trying to think of some kind of meat or something that's frozen. Like lunch meats. Lunch meat. So they have a lot more phosphorus in them because of the fact that they're designed to sit on the shelf for a couple of weeks. Exactly. Opposed to a bean that's it's a fresh, it's been dried. If you dry it, does that add phosphorus to it, to a bean? The dried beans are, are dried, um, high phosphorus, right? Um, and, and so with those, there is no preservative. Okay. Even even when they're canned, they're not adding phosphorus to it. They're adding sodium to it. So yes, sodium-wise, you do have to watch them. But if you're using fresh lentils or fresh beans, you're not really using any sodium in there or, or phosphorus in there. Does it help to soak the beans? Does the potassium come out of the beans if you soak them like potatoes? That's a very good question. And there, there are some studies done on it because it has... The, um, the bean, the cover on it, it doesn't uh, leach the potassium out as much as you would think. So with potatoes, if you remember, you have to skin it and you have to cut it up and then soak it in the water. Right. With beans, you can't do that. Right. You wouldn't have much bean left, would right. you? <laughs> I know. Well, that's the biggest thing I hear about when you know people are vegetarians. Like, well, are you getting enough protein? Because when you're on a vegetarian diet, it's important to get enough protein when you're on dialysis. So what do you tell your patients? So majority of my vegetarian patients are um Actually, they, they've been using their combination of foods. So as long as they are eating the variety of foods throughout the whole day, the body has mechanism to use the combinations of amino acids in the body. So it does make complete protein in the body, even though they're not eating complete protein in a form of meat. They are getting complete protein. And what happens is when I went to India to give you an example for Bridge of Life, we did not see anyone with less than 4.0 albumin. Now that yep. may surprise you. <laughs> it was amazing to see for all of us, including physicians, that they were so um, well-nourished as far as the albumin was concerned. Mm -hmm. But you know that they were not very well-nourished because they were losing weight. They were very underweight. Even though their BMI was like 18 and 17, their albumin was at a very good level. So you know that the body has a mechanism to produce that combination of amino acids and produce that good protein as long as there is a variety of foods eaten throughout mm -hmm. the day, not just rice or not just beans. They have to have good amount of combination of vegetables, the fruits, um, starches, and beans, all of it together. And majority of the vegetarians are lacto vegetarians and some are lacto-ovo vegetarians. So, so does that mean that some will drink milk and some won't? Yes. Yes. And some will eat eggs and, and cheese. Some won't. So as you know, eggs are very high in protein and they're a good source of protein, high biological value protein. So they will get adequate amount of protein as long as they include some eggs in their diet. If they are eating variety of foods, they're getting an adequate amount of amino acids. And, and adequate amount of calories is another key factor. Now, they have a lot of different milks. They have soy milk, you know, rice milk. What do you find that most uh, vegetarians drink? 
Majority of the vegetarians drink rice or, or soy milk or even almond milk. Almond and, milk? Yes. And it, as long as their phosphorus is within normal range, I don't tell them to restrict that. Um, and again, Lori, as you know, most of the dialysis patients will require binders. And so vegetarians do as well. And I don't really see that they have to take too many extra binders if their phosphorus is high because they're eating a little more cheese or a little more beans. You can increase it for that meal. And they don't include beans for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Maybe they have beans for dinner. So they take one extra binder for that. So there are other ways of controlling phosphorus. Now, one of the things that I think of when a vegetarian diet is different spices. Um, do you have any favorite spices that you like to, you know, utilize with a vegetarian diet? <laughs> one of the spices I like is yellow curry. Yeah. I really like it. And, yeah. and so... Um, you know, putting that on tofu and, and potatoes and carrots, it's very good. But how do you really minimize, I guess, if you make it yourself, but when you eat it out, does it, it tends to have a lot of sodium in it. So, you know, do you have any secrets for making great curry? Because that's, I know, well, very popular. Well, we have we have a, a recipe on devita.com for chicken curry, which is, which is one of the one of the very popular recipes on <laughs> Navita.com. Um, but um, one of the things that I tell my patients is that um, curry does not have salt or sodium in it. It's basically a combination of spices. It's turmeric um, mixed with um, cumin and coriander powder and um, cinnamon and cloves and um, all kinds and black pepper. So it's all kinds of spices blend together. It does not have salt added to it. So if you're going out and ordering curry, you can actually ask the the waiter or the cook to make sure that, you know, they don't make it with so much salt. If they can hold the salt, that would be really good because curry itself does not have sodium in it. Yeah, it tastes so great because it's spicy. And sometimes when you're on dialysis, you, your taste buds are just a little bit muted. That is so true. <laughs> and you want the spicy foods. Uh, what about um, any other spicy type of foods that to, you know, help uh, spice up a vegetarian diet? Well, you know, the, the, the um, taco seasoning is another good one um, to use, especially when you're making tacos from the tofu or, um, uh, you know, you're, you're making uh, spicy tofu with rice or casseroles. Um, those are some of the good spices. But as far as the Indian spices are concerned, I really like the cumin and coriander powder together. It really perks up the food, especially like potatoes and the vegetables. So if you use those spices, they really help. And they're, none of them are high in potassium. None of them are high in phosphorus. So that's a so good thing. you can thing. have as much as you want, huh? Yeah, yeah. But you can't have too much of it because, you know, you, you're not going to like it if you're just eating the spices. That's, yeah, that's true. <laughs> Yeah, so it's it's a it's a good thing that you know we have all the spices available to to flavor the food, so you don't really need all that sodium or salt. Um, does a vegetarian diet help with lab values? Do you see? Do you do you find that people who are vegetarians are are more healthier than people who are not vegetarians? You know, I can't say that that's what I see. Um, 
it's it's kind of you know depends on on the individual. Um, some of my vegetarian patients have difficulty controlling potassium, just like my non-vegetarian patients do, because mangoes are in season and they love mangoes, or avocados are in season and they love avocados. So it's all about um, how much control they have over what mm-hmm. they eat. So it, it's about making the choices. And again, you know, I, I I see good lab values with vegetarian patients as well, but I can't say that I see better values. It's possible. It is possible. <laughs> it is possible. It is possible. And, and as you know, there is very little cholesterol in vegetarian foods. If they're eating a lot of fried foods, then yes, they are getting you know, high triglycerides and high cholesterol because of all the saturated fats. But otherwise, um, I don't uh, really, uh, or I can't really say that I'm seeing better labs just because they're vegetarian. What are um, some good choices for vegetarians? What types of foods are good choices for vegetarians as in regards to fruits or vegetables? Well, the, the good choices would be your low potassium vegetables and fruit. And that would be um, having a green beans, asparagus. Um, they can have eggplants, onions, all kinds of salads, you know, le- different lettuces. They can still have onions and garlic and uh, lemon and, you know, all those kind of vegetables, bell peppers, corn. They can have zucchini. Um, they can have okra. Um, one of the things that I suggest my patients to stay away from is those um, beans. Um, not stay away from, but just to watch out for them. Because we have so many different kinds of beans and um, bitter melon and, and all the squashes that we have. There are many more variety we have um, in Indian diet than, than we get them in the market here. Mm-hmm. So sometimes if they get hold of those things, then their potassium can go up. The same thing with uh, fruits as well. There are papayas and there are um, guavas and mangoes. They're high in potassium. They're high in potassium, but they love to have them. So I tell them, have it, but just have a small piece or have half of it. You know, because this is for life. You're not, then they're going to want it. So have small quantity, satisfy your craving. Uh, You have a taste for it, go for it, and then watch somewhere else. So, um, what are some good choices for fruit? Because uh, um, I became obsessed a while ago about the different types of apples, Uh because there's so many different types of apples. And it was something that, you know, you can eat, you don't have to worry about it. But what are some of the good spring um, berries? Berries are good. Berries are good. Strawberries as long as you you don't have more than five or six of them. Cherries are good. All the berries are good. Small pears, plums. Uh, but you have to remember when I tell my patients plums, they have a big tree in their backyard and they go and have a whole pound of it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one plum or one apricot or mm-hmm. one small, you know, medium-sized apple. Um, or one small pear. So there are many, many fruits that they can have. And it's about being positive and teaching them how to be positive about their diet. They don't want to hear what they can't have. And and I don't want to tell them what they can't have. I, I want to tell them about what they can have. As soon as you hear you can't have something, you want it. 
I know that. Um, yeah. And I was going to tell you about um, uh, the the uh, handout, grocery list handout we have um, on our website, which is very, very helpful when patients starts on dialysis. When they come to my unit, the first thing they ask me is, what can I eat? Yes. And, and uh, you know, they usually get a... a a list from the hospital with all the things that they cannot eat. And I want to make them feel more comfortable. So when they come, I give them a list and they feel so good. They feel so much better that, yes, there are so many foods that they can have. Right. And there are a good 200 um, foods on that list. Um, so I ask them to check it off, what they like on that list, and then go to the grocery store and get those foods. And they start feeling better already. So now, one of the things that um, I've always avoided is drinking juices, um, and you know, and I don't want to drink soda, so I drink mostly tea. But you know, how dangerous is it for patients to drink juice? It's not dangerous, depending on which juice you are okay. drinking, right? So apple juice is good, cranberry juice is good, uh, cran grape is good, cran apple apple is good. So there are many combinations that they can have. Um, some of the berry juices are okay too. I ask them to stay away from, and that's orange juice because it's so concentrated um, with potassium. But if they have a taste for it, they can have maybe one or two sips of it once in a while. But, you know, it's not like they cannot have any of the juices. Now, if they have fluid restriction, that's a different story. And majority of them do have fluid restriction unless they do have good urine output. So if they want to switch the, you know, uh, instead of having uh, pills with their water, if they want to have it with the juice, I let them have it. Yeah, it's all in moderation, isn't it? It's so, all so in many. moderation. And and we have so many patients who do so well with um, moderation. One of the patients asked me the other day, can I have a little bit of chocolate? <laughs> you know, chocolate is everybody's favorite, right? Ma mm. Majority of the patients like chocolate. So I told her, and she's very petite, small, 92-year-old lady, right? Am I going to tell her not to have chocolate? <laughs> no, I'm going to let her have a small amount of chocolate. So I, I said to her, why don't you get those chocolate chips that you use for chocolate chip cookies. She bought a bag. She started having a couple of them every day whenever she had the craving. So a couple of days not going to increase her phosphorus. Her phosphorus is always good. Her potassium is always good. Her labs are like perfect. Why not have it? <laughs> yes, I know. I know. I don't think I could give up chocolate. That's for sure. <laughs> Well, uh, you can go to Davida.com and learn more about different recipes uh, to adhere to a vegetarian diet. And also uh, Kidney Times has some uh, recipes as well. But you know what? At the end of the day, when we're talking about food, um, I like to hear recipes. And, you know, because I love vegetarian food and I love watching the cooking channel. So maybe everybody could just close their eyes and you could tell us three different meals, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner that you would like to have. So um, I think um, my favorite for the breakfast for vegetarian meal, and um, I'll give you some choices for uh, Indian food as well, because I know in, in, uh, everybody loves Indian food these days, and there are so many vegetarians from that culture, and I get calls many times regarding what they can eat. So um, as far as a vegetarian from India are concerned, usually I... Um, recommend them that they have a, a bread called paratha or a naan, 
um, in the morning and they can have one egg with that um, if they are lecto-ovo-vegetarian. If they're not lecto-ovo-vegetarian, then they can just have bread with little butter or margarine on it and they can have tea with it. Majority of Indians have tea with it. For um, a variety um, for breakfast, they can have breakfast burrito, which they can put some vegetables with the egg in it and they can put it in, in the tortilla. So that would be a really good balanced breakfast for them. And it's easy to make, quick to make. They can pick it up and run with it, go to work with it. For lunch, I would say um, something like um, tofu taco or a lettuce wrap that's made out of um, a tofu, or they can make it out of eggplant and mixed vegetables. Um, for Indian dishes, it's usually um, vegetable with one of the breads, Indian breads. And for dinner, uh, for Indian meals, it would be usually the rice, curry, vegetable, and a bread. And some people may have a little bit of yogurt with their dinner. And as long as their phosphorus is under control and they're taking the binders, that would be okay. But then they would have to control the amount of milk they drink in the morning or mm -hmm. with the tea. Um, for the variety part of it, um, I would say um, they can have um, some tofu um, in the curry, um, you know, put some curry powder on the tofu and use that, the side dish, as the same time they can have mm -hmm. um, lettuce wrap or, or, or burrito with small amount of beans, rice, um, and vegetables. So that would be a good burrito for um, vegetarian patients. As far as the drinks are concerned, uh, many of the vegetarians drink buttermilk. And that's one of the things I would ask them to avoid unless their phosphorus is very well controlled uh, and if they don't have any problems with the fluid. But otherwise, buttermilk is one of their favorite drinks with the lunch and dinner. I don't think especially I've ever had buttermilk. Um, it's, the, you know, majority of the Indians make uh, yogurt at home, right? And so they make buttermilk at home as well. So it's not so high in sodium, but it is a liquid. And again, it is dairy product. So... It is high in phosphorus and, and uh, you know, more and more people are now having um, like Activia and yogurt and, you know, for digestive mm -hmm. system and for probiotic. Um, buttermilk has probiotic because it is made out of yogurt and uh, that's a tradition uh, for many years in India. Um, when it's uh, hot out there, they usually have buttermilk so that they can digest the food well. What's one of your favorite restaurants to go to for a vegetarian diet? Are there, I don't see any chains anymore, but you live in San Francisco, correct? Yes. And so how do you find a good vegetarian restaurant? I guess we are lucky to, to have so many vegetarian restaurants in the Bay Area. Um, in Berkeley, there are sev several vegetarian restaurants. If, even in Walnut Creek, where I live, there are many vegetarian restaurants. So it's really easy to find uh, vegetarian restaurants for me. Um, and some of my patients love some of those restaurants as well. So they go and they try it out and they come back and they go, Chaya, we love that restaurant. So, um, you know, one of the things that they do need to be careful with, again, is the sodium because 
because unless you tell them to make it without salt or very, with very little salt, um, it can be very high in sodium. Well, and that's what I found is that I heard that cooks actually will just sprinkle salt on everything before it goes out the kitchen. Yes, yes. Just to give it an extra flavor. Yeah. And so if you've really mentioned, you know, please hold the salt, yeah. um, they'll hold the salt and yeah. it's, it makes a difference. Exactly. Well, exactly. Taya, thank you so much for being here and uh, you can go to davita.com. And do, do you still have a cookbook by chance that people can order? Well, you know, we, we published a cultural guide, which is called Cultural Foods and Renal Diet about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it doesn't seem like that many years ago, but that was in 1987. And then we uh, came out with second edition in 1997. Um, it does include Asian Indian diet and it does include vegetarian diet in it because so many Indians are uh, vegetarians. So we included vegetarian diet in it. So it is still available. It's not a cookbook. There are some recipes in there, but it's not a cookbook. It's a basically a guide for patients and guide for dietitians who are not aware of Indian foods. Um, if you went to school in the United States, you're not going to be aware of all the foods and the spices and, you know. So how do people get a hold of this book? Uh, it's available through CRN of Northern California. We published it for CRN of Northern California. So the website is www.crn.norcal.org. www crn-norkel.org. Okay, great. Well, thank you so much. And uh, I think this was really informative and it gives me a better idea because I'm eating less and less meat. I know a lot of patients are. Ever since that movie Food Incorporated came out, I think people are becoming more aware. And also, you know, with um, especially beef, I mean, it's really dangerous. I mean, my kidney failure was caused from E. coli bacteria. Mm-hmm. So um, I think a lot of people are making the choice to be more vegetarian. And I think that's a that's a healthy way to go. And just in case somebody feels that they're not getting enough protein and if their albumin level is low and if they are having some issues with it, there are some supplements available out there, protein liquids, protein powders that they can add into their food to make it higher in protein. That's a solution for it. Well, thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you very much. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. 